0: Considering uh we don't cover hockey, I had fun today. I don't know about Adam. I think he's still mad about the Mark Sanchez comment.
1: What? I'm not. What Mark Sanchez comment made me mad? I just. I, I hope your goaltenders are better than Mark Sanchez. Otherwise, I hope so I too. You're gonna be
2: really disappointed in <laughs> what's about to happen. If this guy fumbles a puck into another guy's ass, we're gonna have a problem.
0: Welcome. To another edition of the Born in '87 podcast, uh, Adam. We're we're doing something today that I never thought we would do on I this podcast.
1: Why, yeah, I don't still don't know why we're doing it,
0: but I'll. That's fine. We're 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 talking hockey for the first time ever on this podcast.
1: Well, you guys Our, are going to talk hockey. I'm not going to talk hockey. I don't I don't think hockey is a real sport.
0: Uh, the New York Islanders are in the Stanley Cup semifinals, and uh, as a podcast who covers uh. Um, three uh, th- three of uh, the hardest to root for uh, teams in New York. We felt that uh, with the Islanders in the NHL's Final Four, uh, we had to talk about them. So uh, I-, I wanted to give a little more context before we move any further. Uh, the Islanders are in the Stanley Cup semifinals. And while Adam and I never became big hockey fans, we did grow up 10 minutes from Nassau Coliseum. And if we had to choose a hockey team, it would have been the New York Islanders. It goes along with rooting for the Mets, Jets, and Knicks. Uh, the I think there Islanders, were points in my
1: life where if you would have asked me, I would have said I root for the Islanders. But now I don't think I can say that anymore. I mean, I'm happy that they're doing well, but
0: I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the Islanders are in the midst of this incredible playoff run where they're in the Stanley Cup semifinals, a run that is also keeping Nassau Coliseum open just a bit longer before they move to their new uh arena at in uh, belmont next year i can't and, uh, believe there's still a
1: professional team that
0: plays at nassau coliseum
1: that place <laughs> was horrible when i went there in 1983
0: yeah i <laughs> think that's incredible put it this way the arena was so bad the uh the nets left there in 1976 it's now 45 years later and the islanders are still playing there that's incredible (laughs) anyways here to tell us why as fans of the mets jets and knicks we need to be watching the islanders uh we have james arnone returning to the pod james how you doing tonight
2: Oh, I am doing great, guys. Thank you for having me. Um, you know, I've been on my soapbox now for ever since you started this podcast saying you need to get some hockey chat going and what better time than now? This It is a good time for hockey, good time for it to be an Islanders fan. Um, as we were kind of talking about earlier, you know, there's always that, that gym mentality that people have, J-I-M, Jets, Islanders, Mets. So right there, that's reason number one. If you're going to root for a team, it, it goes naturally with the Jets and the Mets. So happy to provide some clarity around all that, tell you people why you should be following the Islanders on this magical run. And yeah, uh, really excited to be here.
0: All right. So uh, even though you're probably going to share a memory that uh, Adam and I aren't familiar with, uh, since this is your first time on the podcast talking about the Islanders, uh, we have to put you in the tortured fan corner Ooh. and uh, share a tortured oh God. Islanders memory. Uh, there's a lot I could choose
2: from. Uh, you know, it could have been the time that we almost sold the team to a con artist. Could have been the time that they introduced like that. uniforms that resembled the Gordons fishermen.
1: Uh, oh, I remember that.
2: Me, yeah, which is now, I'll be honest, I love that uniform. You know, back then it was what it was, but now it's a classic. Um For me, though, I would say the biggest tortured period of my life as an Islanders fan was probably from 2008 until 2011. And I'll tell you why. Because in that time period, the Island, it was right around the time the Islanders started making a lot of dumb decisions where um, we had a general manager in place with a historic legacy that they decided to fire him after 40 days and promote their backup goaltender to the new general manager. Um, they also signed a goaltender, Rick DiPietro, to what is known as the Bobby Bonilla contract, where he <laughs> was signed for 15 years, an unprecedented deal at the time. Of course, he didn't play out his entire salary. He was injured and the Islanders are still paying off his salary, I think, until the end of this year. Um, So and that all coincided with, you know, us going to college and, you know, how young adults can be in college when your team sucks. So just all of that torture going on with the Islanders, all of that, you know, poor performance on and off the ice and then just having to deal with that those three years were probably the worst. And of course it all came after a period where there was, you know, a little bit of a Renaissance in the early two thousands, they started to have some success again. So you got a little hopeful thinking this will be it, you know, we're turning the corner and then no, they just came crashing back down to earth until uh, probably 2011, 2012. So yeah, th- those years were not
0: kind to me. All right. Well, thank you for coming into the uh, tortured fan corner. Uh, and let's though, but uh, as you said that, that period was a, uh, over a decade ago now. And, uh, you know, I I think it's very safe to say that of the, uh, you know, of all the New York professional sports teams, uh, over the last half decade, I I don't think there's any question that the Islanders have been the best franchise of the eight professional New York sports teams, uh, you know, over the last five years. Um, correct me if I'm wrong. I I mean, this is the, I know this is the second straight year they've been to the NHL's final four. I believe what this is the third or fourth time in the last five years, they've at least gotten past the first round. Yeah,
2: that's correct. They've won, I believe it's now five series and counting over the last three years.
0: Yeah. So, I mean, just a lot of success. I mean, I, you know, I mean, obviously the two football teams have been terrible. Uh, I know the Rangers are on a downswing. Uh, the Mets, you know, haven't won a playoff series since 2015. And, uh, I, you know, so I think the Islanders have probably been more successful than the Yankees in that stretch. So uh, I think it's them. But uh, as I have a said kind of here, a left field question. Sorry. So yeah.
1: I I follow this team from like, hundred thousand miles up in the air, right? Like I don't really pay much attention to it. Like, like I'll, I'm happy if they move on in the playoffs. I, I did pay a little bit of attention to the, was his name John Tavares? Tavares. Yeah. I paid a little bit of attention to that. Ooh. And like, I remember he, he left and that seemed bad. And then it seems like as soon as that happened, they got extremely good. So what is, what is the relationship between those two events and how do you think he feels about his decision? Is this something he's he's happy about? Is he tortured every time these two teams play? Because to me, the, the, these events always seem like intersected. <laughs> that could just be because I have no perspective whatsoever.
2: No, valid question. So there, there are some people listening to this podcast right now who are probably laughing because they know how my true feelings are about John Tavares. You know, he was drafted by the Islanders as the franchise cornerstone. He was he was the leader leading them into this new renaissance in the 20, 2010s. And then when his contract was up, he made no inkling, to, no knowledge to anyone that he was thinking about leaving. But he uh, he went home to Toronto, where he's from. Uh, pictures of him in his bed sheets and his pajamas, wearing Maple Leafs bed sheets, were were making the rounds, and it got nasty. It was pretty bad. Fans still hate him to this day. Um, but it. it it did two things. One, it, it reinvigorated the franchise in a way that, you know, they said, forget it. Like, we are going to band together. We know we're a good team. We're going to rally behind this, and we're going to prove that it, it wasn't a one-player franchise, that we're a team. Uh, and then on top of that, what happened was that happened to be the exact year that upper management and the coaching organization changed. We we got a general manager in Lou Lamarillo, who, if you're not familiar with him, he has brought teams to the conference finals in five decades now, going back to the '80s. Um, he brought Stanley Cups to the Devils, and uh, he brought them to the three Stanley finals Cups a couple to the of Devils. Times. Correct? That's three. That's correct. All in the '90s, and I believe one in two thousand. Um, so he he has a great pedigree. He's he a lot of people compare it to like George Steinbrenner of hockey to the to the down to the nitty gritty where. He will not allow his players to grow facial hair. He is very by-the-book, old school, but he has a track record. He's proven success. Um, and at the same time, the Islanders got Barry Trotz, who was coaching the Washington Capitals. They decided not to redo his contract, thinking that we're a team. You know, We're not the product of our coach. We can just promote our assistant coach, and we'll be fine. And that wasn't the case. He came to the Island, and the Islanders have known nothing but success ever since he's been here. And that literally all coincided the same offseason that John Tavares decided not to resign. And that that was a big factor. You know, he's I'm sure he's kicking himself, you know, to a degree because of course he's still happy to be home. He's making fifteen million dollars a year. So he's not regretting that. But at the same time, Toronto has not won a playoff series since he's been there. So you know, do they have know. like
1: a player as good as Tavares, or is it just like a whole team? Thing. i know very little about hockey i should probably yeah,
2: yeah. <laughs> they they have one player who's not as good but getting there i think to give him a couple more years he could be there his name is matt barzell he he's a better skater than Tavares ever was that if you're gonna knock Tavares for anything it's just skating matt barzell can skate circles around anybody in this league he actually won fastest skater in the skills competition a couple of years back um he's phenomenal with the puck so he He's probably the closest single player, but again, just with the system that Trotz and Lamarillo instilled and the goaltending now, it's it's unlike anything we've ever seen, at least in my 25 years of being a fan. So, um, Did it, the I general manager bring effort. in
1: Martin Brodeur? Is he still playing? <laughs>
2: <laughs> nope, he's long retired. Uh, long retired?
1: I felt like he was still yeah. playing not
2: that long ago. Yeah, it depends on your perspective. It was probably about like maybe six, seven years ago was the last time he saw the ice. That's insane because he, I remember him when I
1: was like a fourth grader. Yeah. Well, all right, I'm done. Of, That's all I got. That's all the analysis. So, uh, I <laughs> I'm going to
0: pretend I, little, I know a little bit about hockey. Uh, really? So one thing I did, and correct me if I'm wrong, it seemed like in the last series they won against the Boston Bruins, most games Boston outshot the Islanders, but obviously the Islanders won four of the six games. My guess is that uh, the Islanders have been getting a really good uh, performance from their goalie. Uh, You know, who, who, who is their goalie? And you know, how, how much of a a factor has he been in this run?
2: So, you know, I'll start off by saying it's not just a, he, it's a, they, Um, they have two goaltenders that are both very strong. Um, Their, their main goaltender is Semyon Varlamov, Russian goaltender. They brought him over last year, and he's the one who brought them to the conference finals last year. And again, this year he was he had the most shutouts in the league, you know, not letting up any goals on the game. He had an incredibly high number of wins. He brought the team to to the playoffs essentially. Um, he did falter a little bit. So one of the knocks against him so far in the playoffs has been he lets up early goals. You know, the Islanders will play the game will start, and then within three minutes, they're down one nothing, just because he's not set or he makes a, a gap, whatever. But, you know, other than that, he's been incredibly strong. But um, to start the playoffs, he was actually hurt. And the Islanders started their their rookie goaltender, another Russian, Ilya Sorokin. And he has been incredible. You know, he, he stepped up in game one against Pittsburgh in the first round, got them the win. They went back to Varlamov, lost two games, and they went back to Sorokin, and he won four straight, took them to the next round. Um, So that I think is one of their strengths and we'll talk about it in a little bit. I think that's one of their keys to the the play in Tampa. Um, You know, there aren't many advantages that we have going into this series and I'll talk about that, but um, you know, our goaltending tandem is definitely strong.
1: Oh, I think that's, you can only play one goaltender at a time (laughs) though, right?
2: Unfortunately, yes.
1: Okay. Cause that, yeah, that'd be good. If you could play two. there wouldn't be a lot of room left for the the puck to go, I think. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> they still sell Dippin' Dots in Nassau Coliseum.
2: Uh, I don't believe so. That's they, a shame. You know, they and really that's all. That's been a COVID well, well, thing. Well, if you too, remember
0: back in like 1993, the Dippin' Dots were the ice cream of the future. So I think I think Nassau Coliseum still being around. It's a, it's advanced past that future of when Dippin' Dots was supposed to like coincide.
1: Hmm,
0: okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I
1: really used to enjoy getting dip dots. And, and you could only get it an announced at on college when I was a kid. Yeah. I was or to go to like
0: New York Dragons games. That's true. play. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, um, so uh as we were saying, so the Islanders are in the Stanley Cup semifinals for the second straight year. And for the second straight year, they're facing the Tampa Bay Lightning in this round. Uh so a couple things I know, I know last year, um, obviously they played Tampa in a neutral site bubble. Uh, also a big factor is, um, due to, uh, this weird COVID season, uh, the Islanders have not played Tampa yet this year. H- how do these two factor? those two factors, along with any other, you want to bring up James, uh, you know, affect, uh, this year's matchup compared to last year's.
2: Uh, so there's a few things to talk about here. So first of all, I'll start with your second point that they haven't played Tampa yet this year. Um, you know, Tampa is bringing in a strong roster, not not much different than what they had last year. Uh, but one of the big things is that they found a way to circumvent the salary cap. And if, what that means is, so as I'm sure, you know, you can figure out with any other sport, there's a salary cap. And one of their all-star players, Nikita Kucherov, phenomenal sniper, incredible skater, one of the best players in the league. He was out for the season with an injury. But... He wasn't out entirely because now he's back for the playoffs. And because they put him on this long term IR, his salary does not count against the salary cap. And for the playoffs, it's an irrelevant point. Like there, there essentially is no cap for the playoffs. So they were able to bring him back onto the roster. And now, if, if you know you were taking salaries into account, they'd be well over the cap. But since it's the playoffs, that doesn't matter. So they're, they're loading up and they have a stacked team going into the year. Does the so, NHL you know,
0: have a hard salary cap?
2: They do. Okay. Um, You know, so depending on who you talk to, some people, some argue that this is ridiculous. Others argue it's part of the game. I tend to fall into the latter. You know, good for them. They found a way to circumvent the cap. It it is what it is. It's the system. You know how to play the system and good for them. But yeah, that just goes to show that like they're bringing in a roster that's incredibly deep. You know, I think they have an advantage over the Islanders in every position with the exception. And as ridiculous as this sounds is backup goalie. Um, you know, if God forbid something happens and they lose their starter, I think we've got them, but, uh, they have one of the best goaltenders in the world, another Russian, believe it or not. So, um, you know, it's, it's going to be a challenge for them, but, and, and like, to your point, it, they haven't seen them this year. Neither team has seen the other team. So all you have is videotape to go off of your experience against them last year, which again is unique because this is the only matchup that's repeating from last season. And it, it's going to be a hard fought battle. Um, But there is one key difference that the teams didn't have last year. And now you have your home ice. So Tampa, you know, it's a nice building. I've been there. It's, you know, there's some loyal fans there, but it's like any other arena. It's pretty cookie cutter. You know, the sound, it just sounds like a regular sporting event. You know, it can get loud, but it's nothing too crazy. Coliseum, to your point, it was built back in the 70s. uh, You know, asbestos lining the walls, concrete all (laughs) over the place, low ceiling, that thing is built to contain noise. And it's not just a saying it is fact you go in there. It is deafening when you have 12,000, 13,000 fans screaming. And the fact that now, you know, two, maybe three games in the series are going to have to be played in that building. That's tough for Tampa. Um, You're going to have fans in your ear the entire time, because again, that sound reverberates straight down to the ice. It's it's been a factor in both series so far this season, and it's definitely going to be a factor in this series as well. So, um, if you're going to give the Islanders any advantage, that's it right there. You know, I think coaching we've got them. You know, they have a great coach, but I think Barry Trotz is a little bit better. And then we've got the, the Coliseum, and it's going to be tough for Tampa to come in there and try to steal a game or two from the from the Islanders playing at home. Well People so People in Tampa
1: uh... care about hockey. I mean, they don't care about baseball, and it's it's hot. I don't know that about Tampa. So do they, <laughs> they actually care.
2: So I think it's a couple of things. They they care because they're a good team. So it's a, another good team for them to root for, you know, the bucks great team. So it's, it's, they're trying to turn into the new title town. Um, you know, and, and funny enough. I don't know if you heard about this from other media outlets, the whole situation during the first round, um, they were playing the Florida Panthers in the first round and somebody tried to go to the game in a Florida Panthers Jersey and security threatened to call the cops on them, saying, "You need to leave right now, or take that jersey off and come to your seat." Because they were mm-hmm. trying to keep it all Tampa. Didn't matter where you were from, who your team of preference was, you're wearing a Lightning jersey, or you're wearing something neutral. You're not wearing another team's jersey. So, you know, I've never heard of another arena doing something like that, which is a I've little never hard heard of that. yeah, it, it's a little ridiculous. It a little and fascist it, to me. Well, of course, as soon as it got called out into national media, they stopped doing it, but. I think that just kind of elaborates my point. I think they're more you know there there are definitely some loyal fans like you'll see with any team, but you know you, you don't get a full arena of screaming fans for the entire game like you would anywhere else
0: actually it leads me to an interesting question so uh oh you, you think know, it's I, interesting that doesn't mean we're gonna think it's interesting justin. <laughs> fair.
1: Um, we are talking about we hockey, say the thing you know, about the visit. No, no, no. no but with,
0: so last round, uh, the Islanders were playing, uh, the Boston Bruins, you know, only about a three and a half hour, uh, drive from one another. Um, were, like, were there any, I mean, I know you, uh, went to some of these games, like, did you see any Bruins fans in the building? So good point, because what happened is now that, you know,
2: with COVID being a thing, it, it's been incredibly tough to get tickets. Um, the Islanders, the way they're doing it is they only release tickets to season ticket holders. Um, doesn't mean you can't get them on StubHub or other third party uh, marketplaces, but if you wanted, to, you know, in the past, if you wanted to buy playoff tickets, you could just go on to Ticketmaster and get them. This year, you have to be an Islander season ticket member. So the amount of road fans in the arena is the lowest I've ever seen um, during a playoff series. You know, the I went to games in the first and second round. The first round against Pittsburgh, I think, in the two games I went, I saw a combined maybe five people in Penguins jerseys. Um, second round against Boston was a little bit more because, like you said, there, there's, you know, they're, they're closer in proximity and they just they're one of the original six teams, so there are a lot more fans. And you know, not let's not forget that Charlie McAvoy is a Bruin. And for those of you don't know, he was born and raised in Long Beach, New York not too far from here. So of course he had family and friends attending all the games. So there were definitely more Bruins fans um, than Penguins fans, but it wasn't a, a large amount by any means, you know, it, it was still very much an Islanders arena.
0: And uh, I guess one, one last question I have um, in terms of the, uh, the arena. So I, you're a diehard Islander fan. I know you're a season ticket holder uh, and you've been to playoff games in other seasons. And, um, just given what happened, you know, given uh, everything that happened in the sports landscape due to COVID and people not being able to attend games for over a year, um, have have you felt a difference? Also, the fact that this is the last year at Nassau Coliseum, like all, putting in all these factors, has there been a difference uh, in the playoff games this year from years past?
2: Oh, it's been much more incredible. This is by far the most raucous and loudest crowd I've seen. Uh, I've been going ever since they made the playoffs in 2002, I think was the first time they made their return. Um, I've gone to at least one game at every round that they've been playing and nothing compares to what we're seeing this year for a few different reasons. Um, You know, like you said, it's people are appreciating more that, we we lost sports for essentially fifteen months, and now this is back. And after what the team did last year, we know that this isn't a fluke. That there's a chance that this could be something special. This isn't just a fluke run. So they're they're putting a lot more into it. Fans are getting into it. Um, you also have the fact, like I said, that you're not getting a lot of road fans here. So it pretty much is a pro Islanders card uh, crowd throughout the entire arena. Um, not to mention the fan base has evolved, you know, we started off back in 2002, 2003, all you had were just individual fans and their friends and families. Now you have dedicated sections like the blue and orange army, which is a a group of Islander fans that take up an entire section playing, banging a drum, the entire game, leading the arena in chants. you know, you have another group, the yes men outfitters that they make clothing dedicated to the Islanders. And the guy bought a freaking ambulance that he drives to the games, painted blue and orange, you know, it, it's it's become a cult thing now. It's almost like as big as going to a Jets game. And you see like the, the Jets bus and Jets man and fireman. Ed, like it, it's, there are staples now within the arena that it is just that much more loud and crazy. And it's unlike anything I've ever seen before. And Can then, you like get you said, fish sticks during games. You cannot. You <laughs> get plenty
1: of gear like this. Right. A missed marketing opportunity given their, their uniforms. So they're all uh, they,
2: uniforms. They're old, they try to look the other way and pretend that never happens. They should call it uh, and just
1: embrace it and have like a big fish stick display. Uh,
2: but to finish your que- answer, your question, Justin, um, it's also the fact, like you said, it's the last year of the Coliseum. So if there's any time to go out, it's now. So people are just buying into it real fast. Are they going to blow it up, you think? Uh, they're not from what I understand, but now it poses a different problem because now you're going to have the Coliseum, Belmont, Barclays Center, Madison square garden and Prudential center all within like a 30 mile radius of each other. And it's like, who's fighting who for what? Like obviously right. your sport teams are dedicated to certain arenas, but then like when a concert comes to town or wrestling or somebody on ice, like who goes where and how, how do you divide that? Like I imagine so it's the, not going to a people will go to NASA Coliseum. Like if the spice Girls exactly. got back together, they'd probably go to <laughs> NASA Coliseum. <laughs> And the what was it the the Long Island Nets I guess are still going to be there so that they'll be the primary tenant for now. What is what are the Long Island Nets? Uh, the, the Nets, Nets G League team
1: or oh, is League team? That's awesome. Yeah, look at that. Yeah. One. Uh, uh, so. <laughs>
0: um, I, well, I, I guess since we are talking about the arena, um, and I know you probably don't want to think about this, but uh, you know. Do, do you feel that there will still be comparable magic at the new Belmont arena next year, given how good From the I, franchise has been?
2: I think it'll be close. Um, I, It won't be the same, you know, uh, like you said in the intro, this building is just a garbage dump, but it's our dump. I've always seen it that way. You know, I've been coming to games here since 1996 and it, it is garbage. Like y- even today, you know, they redid the arena to make it look nice, you know, for those of you who haven't seen the renovations, it looks kind of like the Barclays Center now, but it's That's still inside the inside and the
1: outside looks nice.
2: Yeah, it, it's they tried to make it look as nice as they can, but they didn't widen the concourses. They didn't increase capacity. If anything, capacity went down a, as far as seating goes. You know, the bathrooms still have eight urinals in each bathroom. So the lines are tremendous. It's, it, it's a it's a nightmare. But we adapt. We go. We love it. Like we're fine with it. Um I think the new arena, they've taken a lot of elements from the current Coliseum to try and make it as close as possible. Like I've heard they put the low ceilings in so that the noise hopefully, you know, projects down onto the ice. Um, You know, they've obviously made improvements like wider concourses and a better cooling system to help keep the ice in good shape. Um, But it's, you know, I'm looking forward to it. It's nice that they're going to have a dedicated home rather than when they tried to retrofit them into Barclays Center. But It's not going to be the same as the Coliseum was. I don't think any building in sports will ever be the same as that.
1: Are they keeping their name or are they picking a horse-themed name? Because that could be
2: another really (laughs) awesome
1: opportunity, given how close (laughs) they are to the Belmont. Uh, uh, uh.
2: They will still be the New York Islanders. Uh, You know, The nickname of the Coliseum has always been the Barn. There's rumors that this is – or not rumors. There's people saying that it should be the stable, given how close it is to Belmont. Um, But, yeah, no other changes. And I guess by Horses like probably a block... don't do
1: great on ice.
2: No, right. I wouldn't think so. I they, think so they don't either. make horse. They don't make horse skates or horse socks.
0: No. <laughs> I was gonna say. I, I guess by like a block, they'll still be playing on Long Island.
2: Technically, yes. If Cross Island, if the Cross Island Parkway is the boundary, <laughs> then yes, we'll be about a hundred feet in from Queens.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Sounds good. All right, back to uh, the current state of the Islanders. So, um. Well, another thing I wanted to ask you, so last year, the Islanders entered the playoffs as the seventh seed in the Eastern Conference, and uh, this year, um, you know, the, uh, the playoff format was a bit different because the NHL did this four-division thing instead of the two conferences, and they're the fourth and final seed in their division. Despite, uh, you know, not having a top seed in either of these last two playoff years, uh how do you explain that they've been able to make these deep runs and win all these playoff rounds without having the home ice?
2: Yeah, it's, you know, hockey is different from other sports. Like there, there's a lot more parity. You you have best of seven throughout. I know basketball is like that as well, but um, it's not like baseball or football where you have to win one game or win three out of five or whatever. It's, it's best of seven every single round. And teams get hot at the right time if you get a hot goaltender if you get some team that's just clicking at the right time then that's it and ironically enough the past couple of years the islanders have limped into the playoffs Um, last year before the shutdown they lost seven in a row the league stopped, then they came back a few months later and they picked it up like a new team this year too they they were in danger of missing the playoffs and then they beat the rangers in back-to-back games which essentially eliminated the rangers in the playoffs And then the Islanders, you know, instead of fighting for the number one or two seed, they ended up as the number four seed. Um, But then they play Pittsburgh and their team, you know, the Islanders had hot goaltending. Pittsburgh's goaltending was subpar. The Islanders match up well against some of the Pittsburgh's lines. And then from there, you just find ways to match up your team against the other team. And like I said before, they have Barry Trotz. And for those of you who don't know him, he's one of the best coaches in the league. That the Capitals made a huge mistake letting him go. The Islanders scooped him up, said thank you very much, signed him to a four-year deal, and he's just been a godsend for this team. He knows he knows how to win in the playoffs, and he's been guiding them through these past few years. And the team is buying into his system, and it, they believe in themselves. Like they're going in, like you said, the four seed this year was the uh, last year was the seven seed, and they're just finding ways. They're not intimidated by teams that are better than them um, theoretically on paper. So it, it's it's coming through on the, the finished product on the
0: ice. Cool. Um, so, uh, the next thing I want to ask, so first, for again, for, for some of our, uh, listeners who are listening, who are like, I don't know why I'm listening right now. I I don't pay attention to hockey, but uh, I guess you threw out a podcast. So if you fall into that boat and you're still listening, um, Uh, uh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you. you. But, uh, and Adam, maybe you could, uh, comment on this too. So the next thing I put on our outline here is, uh, what, what team from another sport would you most closely, Compare this Islanders team to. Uh, I, I put some examples. Um, I, I guess my question, the the one team that kind of stands out though of these teams here is maybe the 2010 Jets. Uh, just because the Jet that team was uh the sixth seed in the AFC that year. They go, they win a, a playoff game on the road against Peyton Manning and the Colts. They win another playoff game on the road against Brady and the Pats. Um before, you know, obviously ultimately losing a Pittsburgh in the AFC title game. Like, do you think that's a good comp for this team or is there some other team that comes to mind or is there no comp to another sport uh, for this team?
2: I'm glad you brought this up because I think now this is a good time for me to, you know, a little late little into the podcast to explain why they're so close, the Mets, the Jets, the Islanders. But look, they're all three of them organizations that were mismanaged, had to deal with some horrible coaching, some horrible leadership from the top uh you know i think the islanders are the only ones who were threatened to be moved a couple of times um you know at least that was the one thing that the jets and the mets always had that the islanders didn't was a stable home but other than that you know they're very comparable you know you had some false hope seasons where you think oh this is it we're turning the corner and then bam come crashing back down to earth and you know there is hope it, as, it, as you see you know you know i think the jets are buying into it too which we could talk about again if you want but I don't know if you've paid attention, you see how Dan Feeney and the, the entire offensive line and Zach Wilson essentially are attending the Islander games, chugging beers and getting into it. It's awesome. It's great to see that these other teams are supporting each other. Um, to answer your direct question, I think you've hit it on the head. That 2010 Jets team is probably the closest um, comp to what's going on now. You know, you know, Jets went in as the number 60 last team into the playoffs like the Islanders this year. They went in, they beat Peyton Manning, future Hall of Famer at the time in the Colts. Islanders did the same thing against Sidney Crosby, who has been one of the best players in the league since he was drafted in 2005. Um, Then they went to Boston. uh, Well, yeah, essentially Boston, Foxborough beat the Patriots. (laughs) Islanders went to Boston, beat the Bruins. Um, Both have some studs on that team. And now, uh, yeah, the Jets are had a chance to go to the championship to go to the Super Bowl, and just couldn't get it done against Pittsburgh. We're hoping that obviously it's not the same situation here with the Islanders in Tampa, but um, I would compare the two pretty well. You know, you had a quarterback who was leading the team like Sanchez. He was doing the right things at the right time, finding ways to get the ball into the right hands. Islanders were getting goaltending at the right time. Arguably the two most important positions in their respective sports, goaltending and hockey and quarterback and football. Um, you get the right guy hot at the right time, you know, magic can happen. And that's what happened in 2010 to an extent. And hopefully that's what continues to happen here. I was really excited to watch these Islanders.
1: but Now you're saying that their best players are most similar to Mark Sanchez. So I think I might, I might pass.
2: Oh, can we edit that out? Please don't repeat that. <laughs> <laughs> in
0: fairness, I don't think that, I think James was just saying Tristan, that. Bart Scott. I felt it <laughs> was more that, that James was saying, saying that. Mark uh, Sanchez. Their oh players are leading in the way that Sanchez was, not necessarily, yes. although Sanchez played really well uh, in those playoffs. till that fourth quarter,
2: that dumbass. Why didn't he just throw a fade? Anyway, <laughs> he's not well, bad. Well, That's fine.
0: Sorry. No Justin one can see the Zoom right Mark now, but Adam Sanchez Sanchez is just grimace. Anytime dies. we bring up Mark Sanchez, uh
1: you You will defend him until he dies. Until you die or him, I guess. I
0: don't know. Well, Hopefully we got a long, good.
1: long time for both. We don't want anyone. He was not good
0: podcast. after that point, but he was excellent in those playoffs that year. Oh my God. Ugh. We can, we can, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll. I mean, we've had. PFF we'll recently before,
1: uh, put out a list of the worst mm-hmm. draft picks at uh, every position. And they said that he was the worst fifth pick of all time. I mean I just I just had it I just hate Mark Sanchez. He might be once once again. Uh why are we talking about Mark Sanchez? Let's let's talk about hockey some more.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um all right. <laughs> well, I I mean, I, I guess that's a good con- I mean, I know at least for me that I don't know maybe not for Adam, maybe Adam couldn't enjoy that 2010 run because he just hated Mark Sanchez so much. But I know I had a blast during uh at least those first two uh playoff games that they won against the, uh, Colts and the, uh, Patriots. Um, I am sure you had a blast with them beating the, out uh, the Penguins and the Bruins. Hopefully, um, this series against Tampa goes better than, uh, you know, the Jets AFC title game did that year against Pittsburgh. Um, next question about this team. And we, we sort of, I guess, covered it a little bit, but, um, obviously the Islanders lost to Tampa in this same round a year ago in six games. Um, Like, is there, is there like, did that series last year leave like a lot of bad blood between these teams, not having played each other since that series last year? Like, is it even more anticipated? Like, uh, you know, so how would you describe like the feeling between these teams going into it?
2: See, that's just, it's, that's the weird thing. It's like, we haven't seen them since September or whenever that round ended last year. So, you know, we, I know that their team hasn't changed much. Our team, you know, we've gotten a few acquisitions, but nothing too drastic, um, so you, you expect to see a similar game, but again, you just don't know. Um, you know, one thing I will say that it gives me a little bit more hope going into this year is that, you know, one, we get the Coliseum on our side, which is a hundred percent a factor, no matter who you speak to. Um, also the Allen's has been dealing with some injuries last year. Um, they lost one of their best defensemen in that round against Tampa, uh, Adam Pellick, totally underrated, and he's just been phenomenal for them. And he's back. He's healthy. You know, they also lost one of their heart and soul players, Casey Sizikas. He got injured during the series last year. So, you know, thankfully, the Islanders going into this round fully healthy. So that that's another reason to be optimistic. They took them to six without two of their biggest role players last year. Um, so when you take that into account and the fact that now you're going to have legitimate home ice for at least two games, maybe three, uh, you know, you go into Tampa and you steal one. If you steal two, then who knows? Anything can happen at that point.
0: Yeah, so so another thing uh, I know the NHL did this year that was weird was they split the league up into four divisions, and you only played your division the entire season. So, like I know, what was the Islanders probably played about seven or eight games a piece against every team in their division, correct?
2: Yeah, and only
0: played division teams again in the first two rounds to sort of get to this point. Uh, Obviously, the Islanders were the four seed in their division. Um, what, what, What was the seed for Tampa in their division? Tampa was actually the three seed, um, okay. but that that
2: division was a little unique, though. It was basically the top three seeds between Carolina, Florida, and Tampa were all elite, and they were just battling it out the entire season for positioning, and the, as the cards fell, they came into third at the end of the year.
0: Yeah, I guess where I was going with that question is, because uh, the thing is, when you have the vastly different schedules that like all these teams have played this year, how much... like. Like, like, would you be able to argue that maybe the Islanders are actually better because their division was better than Tampa's division or, you know, something along those lines?
2: Oh, 100%. You know, everyone you spoke to, you know, every analyst, every expert at the beginning of the year, they were saying that the East is the division of death. Um, you know, there were 16. teams. the East, you mean the
0: Islanders division?
2: Correct, correct. The Islanders division, the East being the East division. There were eight teams total and six of them, theoretically had a shot of making the playoffs you know between the islanders penguins capitals bruins the four teams that did make the playoffs also the flyers and the rangers um you know six really good teams that were going to be battling it out you know not so much the devils and the sabers and the islanders you know did what they had to against those teams but the rest of the teams it was it was tough and you compare that to the rest of the league it was by far the toughest division so it says a lot that the islanders were able to come out of it you could have said that about any team that came out of this division
0: So given that, even though they were the four seed in this division of the four teams that are left, because, again, I feel like at this point now you kind of have to almost throw seeds away since nobody played each other of the Islanders, Tampa, and then the two teams on the other side, Vegas and Montreal. At this point, how would you rank uh, these four teams?
2: If we're going by skill, um, you know, by who would win in a one game playoff, I would say I probably put Tampa one um vegas two islanders three montreal four if i'm being completely honest that's what vegas says too interesting you mean vegas the odds makers not the vegas team <laughs> yes vegas the odds Putting <laughs> themselves second that would be a little strange we think that we're the be second strange. best team
1: <laughs> um but isn't it usually i mean frequently in hockey more so than other sports like lower seeds beat higher seeds like that happens it's not like the basketball where that's extremely unusual for like an eight or a seven seed to win the whole thing like lower seeds frequently do win in hockey
2: correct yeah that's correct why is that um just a lot of factors like i said there's a lot of parity you know just because you are the eighth seed or whatever seed you are in the playoffs doesn't mean that you're you know the eighth worst team in the playoffs it just means that that's where you fell in at that time um you know and if you get a hot goaltender you get a hot line that's connecting at the right time anything can happen, you know, and then you don't want to say this, but obviously if injuries happen, which they do, it's, it's a very physical game and things can, things can change. Um, you know, very rarely do you see that the number one seed in the playoffs or in any conference goes on to win the entire thing. It just doesn't happen that way because a lot can happen over the course of a two month long playoffs. It's, it's very physical, very intense. You need to win 16 games in total to win the entire thing. Um, yeah, it, it's just always a battle. It's one of the most exciting things to watch from a fan's perspective. I think everything you just said is also true for our fantasy football league, where <laughs> you know it's
1: really hard for the number one seed to win. It is just a battle. It's brutal, and it is really fun for people just to watch. So,
0: and you never yeah. know when someone's going to uh, leave Christian McCaffrey in their lineup. I mean, you just don't know with these injuries. And sometimes, uh, I, and sometimes, you know, despite all the information that's out there, you don't know, you know, it's just hard to know if a guy is going to be injured or not. I I stand by. By. That it's, was beautiful. It was beautiful. That it was like,
2: was, I just laid that up and you just <laughs> threw it down. Was I'll so give awesome. you credit for that. But hey, I will stand by it. Well. It's not my fault. He didn't set his damn lineup. So I will gladly wrong. look at my trophy every day from now until hopefully, you know, the end of time. But we'll see what happens coming next season. You You did nothing wrong. The same cannot be said for Ryan Becker
1: yeah, yeah. Who, once um, again I, gets mentioned he doesn't listen He just every time he gets a mention <laughs> one way or another
0: and he probably isn't and correct me if i'm wrong ryan becker is a diehard ranger fan oh he is yeah so he's not tuning into this one no 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 <laughs> a
2: few of our friends are just deleting this immediately but that's okay
0: <laughs> all right um you, you've, you've sold me james uh you know um I'll be, uh, you know, definitely tuning in, uh, to this series, um, at least more so than I probably would have before the pod. Uh, but that means we got to get your final prediction. Now, I know you said you thought the lightning were the best team, uh, left in the field. Um, the Islanders, you put third of these four teams left. Um, obviously I know you want the Islanders to win, but, uh, give us, uh, your final prediction for this series.
2: All right. Before I say that, first of all, I was hoping you'd avoid this question. I really hate picking for or against my islanders. You know, even even, you know, our friend Rezzy knows they have the, the overtime challenge when anytime a game goes to overtime, you can go on Twitter and pick who you think is gonna score the goal. If the islanders are involved, I don't do it. Just because I hate picking for them. Um, but yeah, so look, I I, I think we've covered it. I don't it know, Adam. Should we
0: let him go? Should we should we let him go and not have to answer? He doesn't it? have to make oh. a choice. <laughs> if you don't want to you don't want to make the prediction how about a a prediction for something you think will happen in the series
2: i will get i will give you some scenarios definitely uh the one thing i will say though is you know if i haven't sold anybody yet listen this is the last run in a historic building you've got fans that are just die hard and crazier than ever you know if you haven't seen it make the rounds on social media yet you know look at the national anthem from a couple of games ago where the entire arena sang the national anthem it was it was magical um it and you know you fellow mets and jets fans and knicks fans you know it's think of, the Islanders are the hockey equivalent they've been suffering for years they've had a lot of just poor management poor on ice product for years and now they finally turn the corner and this is you know this is the best they've been since the dynasty era in the 80s so If you're going to follow them at any time, now's the time. This is – they're eight wins away from winning it all, four wins from getting to the title or to the championship round, so it would be amazing to see. Um, As far as what I'm thinking could happen this round, look, it's going to be tough. Tampa is one of the deepest teams in the league. They're essentially a bona fide all-star roster. Um, I think what will happen is if the Islanders can go in and steal a game in Tampa, take it back to the Coliseum um, with at least a split, it's going to be an interesting finish to the series. Uh, my bold prediction is if the Islanders somehow go in and steal two in Tampa, they're not going back to Tampa. They're going to take it at home. They're going to sweep them. Um, that That's just the power of the fans and the power of the building and the team. They believe in themselves. They know when they have momentum. Um, you know, it, 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 Both the first and second round, they were down 2-1 in both those series, and they came back to win 4-2, so they can go on streaks here. Um, but it's going to be tough, you know, no doubt about it. Game one is tomorrow. We're recording this Saturday night. Game one's tomorrow afternoon at 3 p.m., so it's going to be a tough challenge for them, but if they can at least steal one of these first two games, then I think we're going to see an exciting series. Um, But, yeah, it's – if you want my prediction, you're going to have to beat it out of me. I I hate picking for the Islanders, but I'm feeling better about this than I did last season for reasons I mentioned before, between the building, the fact that we have a healthy team, and just the experience that they gained from last year, that's a powerful motivating factor when it comes so close and just falls so short because keep in mind, you know, obviously you two don't know this, but they lost in game six last year on an overtime winner. So they took it to overtime in game six and that's when they lost. So this team is upset. They're angry. They're hungry and they've gone a whole year without seeing these Tampa Bay lightning. They're ready for them. So I'm excited to see what happens.
0: And will you be in the building for both games three and four? I will be in the building for game six, if there is one. Um,
2: given how popular and how tough it is to get tickets, they've actually limited the ticket availability oh. to even season ticket holders. Um, oh, man. Sorry. Yeah. Basically, the first couple of rounds, they were letting you buy you know, up to four per game. Now, it's only the number of seats that you have on your account. And we only bought two tickets for the four of us. You know, So it's myself, uh, our friends TJ and Matt, and then Matt's brother. And between the four of us, we have two seats, so we can only get two seats per game. Uh wow. if it opens up, I'll try to get to another game. But for now, I believe I'll be going to game six. So, you know, win or lose, I hope we at least go to six. And based <laughs> well, on I hope,
1: the... I hope you don't get to go and they win. Wouldn't that,
2: that, be great? that would be ideal. That'd be fine with me. <laughs> if I don't go because the series is over in the Islanders' favor, that's fine.
0: Well, I'll say this much. Um, if uh if they can make it through this round and they're in the Stanley Cup finals, we'll definitely uh have you on again. Um Oh, talking, I mean, we'll have you on again, no matter what, uh, uh, in the future, but uh, we'll have you on again, talking Islanders, uh, if they're in the, uh, Stanley cup finals. Um, thanks for, uh, coming on James. Um, I, I, considering, uh, we don't cover hockey. I had fun today. I don't know about Adam. I think he's still mad about the Mark Sanchez comment.
1: What, I'm not what Mark Sanchez <laughs> comment. may mean, I just, I, I hope your goaltenders are better than Mark Sanchez. Otherwise I hope so too. So. You're going to be
2: really disappointed at what's about to happen. <laughs> If this guy fumbles a puck into another guy's ass, we're gonna have a problem.
1: <laughs> I think it'd be more likely that someone go into his butt, like given where goaltenders stand.
0: Nobody better because yeah, they don't really butt.
1: move, right? It'd be, it'd be hard for them to go into someone. True. All
0: right. Enjoy, uh, James. On, on that, that note, note. <laughs> uh, enjoy game one. Uh, all right. Have a good night, everyone. Have a good night. Let's go, Islanders.